what do I define about blowing up? You know what I'm saying? Like feeling better, living better, better location. What he failed to tell you was when you're on my time, I can reclaim it. I, and he left that out, so I'm reclaiming my time. Please, please respond. Are you rooting for you rooting for tonight? I'm rooting for um, everybody's life. Betting on black tonight. I'm sorry for the realness. Hey everyone, it's Whitney from WhitneyDanielle.com and NetworkInSpill.com. Okay, so we've got a hashtag the spill episode here, and I'm excited about this conversation in particular because I feel like it's going to help a lot of people with doing the right thing and doing the right thing the first time. So this particular guest I actually met on Clubhouse, which hello, most of them this year, most of my guests this year have been from Clubhouse in one way, shape or form. But I've known this person on Clubhouse only for quite a while. And I got to say, he's got one of the best Instagrams. I just really enjoy the video and, and the content he's been putting out. But we met on Clubhouse a while back. And it's crazy because this is somebody who I connected with on Clubhouse, right? And I saw him, I was like, okay, yeah, he seems really cool. And he's on it and like very professional. And then I added him on IG. And I was like, damn, no, he is really professional. And that just stuck out to me, like on his business, like on it. And I've been watching him grow, watching his following increase, watching him do all of the things, right? Having events, traveling, doing reels, the whole nine. And it's been really inspiring to see. And so even though we're not on Clubhouse a lot together, like anymore, at least, um, it is so much fun to see him on social media. So Without further ado, we have today Mr. Jaden Doye. He's a CPA and his whole mission, right? And I want you to pull up his IG page real quick. So if you go on Instagram, which I know most of you have your phones out, if you type in the great Jaden, and that's J-A-Y-D-E-N, you'll see his page, right? And it says right here that he helps women-owned firms climb from six-figure revenues to six-figure profits so that they can take at least four vacations a year. One of my favorite taglines I've seen on Instagram, but you'll see from his page, he's got all kinds of stuff. He's traveling. He is drinking lunch or drinking lunch. He is drinking at brunch. He is going and fine dining and working and just professional on stages, etc. So Atlanta-based Jaden, I'm so happy to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for the warm welcome. Of course, of course. And so we're going to talk about a few things today, but let me ask you this. What got you on Clubhouse in the first place? Do you remember? I know it's been a while. I do remember actually one of my best friends recommended I download the app and I downloaded the app, but I felt like I didn't really use it at first. Maybe like a month later is when I started to use it. And I just remember like it, being at work and wanting some background noise, but but the background noise be a little bit more than just music. And so I hopped on Clubhouse and then, oh my gosh, I was like addicted. I didn't leave the office till like 10 o'clock that night because it was just like room after room after room. And then things just really blew up from there. And then unfortunately things died down. <laughs> But um, for a while, it was a, it was a nice time to be alive on Clubhouse. Okay, 
It really was though. It really was. We were on Clubhouse nonstop for months. Um, it was it was a good time. It was a good time. So honestly, it was one of the highlights of the pandemic when we were all kind of stuck in the house and you know weren't going and doing as much, especially in the winter. Because I joined in October of 2020. Yeah, that was a crazy winter. And I was on Clubhouse for a good part of it. So yeah, I'm glad that you joined and you you started to see like, there's a lot of people on here talking about a lot of things. And it wasn't all business at first, right? It was very much like your friends inviting you and you were just kicking and having a good time talking about all kinds of stuff, right? Trending topics, whatever was in the news. And then it became more and more about business. So did you feel that transition and sort of switch how you use the app or did you kind of just balance between the two? As soon as I got on, it was about business. I mean, Mm. I'm not about to have no conversation about no celebrities that make more money than me. (laughs) So as soon as I got on, we started talking about taxes and accounting. I think that's what really that's what really made it so good for me, because instantly people, other people in my industry, you know, hopped in rooms and, and it was nice to meet other people in my industry. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it was an interesting time. It, it definitely shifted because there weren't any Android people on the app at first. It was only iPhone and it was invitation only. So right. I'm not one of the, I'm not one of the celebrity people. However, it was really cool to be around your friends and to be around your, the friends of your friends that like you typically wouldn't meet. Um, that was mm-hmm. a really cool, that was a really cool time. And it's sad that it's not like that anymore. But on the business side, when it started to shift towards business, that's when you got to learn so much. And I'm sitting here learning from people stuff that like, I would not have either searched, you know what I mean? Unless I needed to, or I, I wouldn't have known unless I knew someone personally in that industry. And so we got to talk to lawyers, we got to talk to CPAs, we got to talk to you know developers and app people and just moguls, really fancy speakers. And then some of the celebrities who, you know, celebrity entrepreneurs started to join the app. And I say celebrity in the, in the like, people who were online and are really popular. Um, and these people were online sharing information too for free. And it was all for free. So it was really, really cool. And I, I love Clubhouse, but it is definitely different now. So mm. now where do you feel like you spend the majority of your time on social? Is it Instagram? Oh, definitely Instagram. But I don't have to spend too much time on social media in general anymore because a lot of my content is recorded in batch and scheduled so, so I'm just very intentional with, you know, how I spend my time these days. So I do, I do spend a good amount of time, like needed time on Instagram. So the algorithm actually benefits me and actually shows my posts to people. But I'm definitely, I remember at one point I was on Clubhouse for 20 hours a week. So mm-hmm. I had to cut back and yeah. yeah. No, that's, I mean, it was easy to do in your defense. Like it was easy to do that, Um, Mm -hmm. especially for those of us who aren't traveling. Like I used to travel so much before uh, the pandemic started and I just, I wasn't traveling anymore. So all that running and going and even going into an office, I wasn't doing that. So 20 hours is, listen, that's like a few hours a day, a few hours a day or one really good day, (laughs) you know, spending a long time and then the rest. But let's go back to you batching and being intentional because this is important. And y'all who are listening, Jaden runs a company. He is the president of Prestige Accounting Solutions, which obviously is an accounting solutions company and that ties into his CPA work. But we'll get into what he does in just a second. But I want to just talk about how you you are intentional 
about how you post on social media and you batch content. These are two things that a lot of people don't talk about in that most of us, if not all of us should be doing, being intentional and batching. So you don't seem like you are batching or you know irregularly online because that's something that you typically wouldn't know about someone. And I love that you're doing that. So can you just tell people what that looks like for you and how you batch and sort of schedule this stuff so you don't have to live online? Right. So for one, I batch all of my uh, blogs the quarter before. I do 12 blogs a quarter and those blogs are used for email content and that's done the quarter before. And then as it pertains to social media content, I mix up my content between photo, video and reels. And sometimes I change it up. Like sometimes it'll be only reels. Sometimes it'll be, you know, reels plus photo. You know, I change it up a bit. But what I do is I have a VA that I work with to make sure that the when it's posted, that it fits the aesthetic that I'm going for and that there's a call to action. Like we go through different seasons. Right now we're promoting our event, Climb the Cash. So we really are going more through an educational series right now. But other times we're, we're pushing for people to give us a call to become a client. So it really depends on what the overall theme is, either for the quarter or the month is. And that determines how we map the content around that. Gotcha. That makes total sense. And so when you are batching these different content pieces and then the themes, you're really looking ahead. So by being intentional, you're also planning ahead because you're able to say, okay, well, in this part of the year, I want to be focusing on this. So the content that I make now is going to be to promote and to highlight X, Y, and Z for this period of the year and vice versa. So you're really planning ahead. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And I think this is important because I talk about this a lot in the coaching that I, I offer and the coaching that I do. It's a lot of planning, organizing, organizing, organization, and prioritizing the tasks that you have and making sure that you're able to sort of work backwards, but also look ahead. So we're really trying to not have to wing it, which is kind of like, that was the theme of my entire life for many moons is just winging it. And it didn't really get me far, right? It doesn't right. get the same <laughs> at all. It's more work to do that, honestly. And you always feel like you're kind of on a hamster wheel and people can tell that your stuff is not consistent. It's just easier to it's just easier to convert people when you kind of have it already mapped out. Mm -hmm. There you go. Okay, so let's get into this. Let's get into being strategic about going from that six figure revenue to six figure profit. So tell us a little bit about your business and why you started Prestige Accounting. So yes, we are a um, full service CPA firm. So we provide accounting services, business advisory services, and tax services in a bundle, in a full bundle at a flat fee. And so businesses that are look professional service providers specifically that are looking to grow and scale, they can grow and scale, but also know that they have a partner helping them pay less of the IRS. So I started my accounting firm because I, as I was going through the process of becoming a certified public accountant, I realized that the manner in which I wanted to serve clients was not the same manner in which the firm had their core values, right? So for me, I'm like, well, look, I'm not going to tell somebody how to do their job. I'm just going to go ahead and start my own firm because 
the change that I want to see is never going to happen here. Like it, it, it would just never happen. So I started my own CPA firm in 2019 because I hated having to tell people that, hey, you owe the IRS $20,000 because we were never planning ahead of time. I hated not being able to assist them throughout the year because a lot of CPA firms actually undervalue themselves. And so a lot of CPA firms actually take the cost model versus the differentiation model, meaning that they want to be the lowest price. And when you're the lowest price, you have to be churn and burn, meaning let's get it in and let's get it out as quick as possible. And that just doesn't work well with me. That doesn't fit with my core values. I'm all of, I know that people will pay a higher price if they know that they are actually getting value. So in 2019, I just took the, the steps to start my own CPA firm and it's been amazing since then. That's awesome. Yeah. Being able to plan ahead, like you said, and help people avoid having to do things that don't really feel great or that they may not be prepared to do. It, it just sucks. I've, I've done taxes for however long I've had to do them as a grown up, and they're just not fun. I'm just talking regular every year, you know, personal finances, but let alone business ones. And so when you get into that part of managing money for a company that's moving money around and that's accepting and building revenue and all of that, it can be a lot and it can be daunting. And one thing I will say I've always liked about your page, your Instagram page, is that you make it seem very simple to go through the process of hiring you as a CPA and of getting the assistance that you need so that you don't have to deal with the drama at the end of it. And that's what I think captures my attention the most is did, did when I started my company and I started coaching, did I know that I was going to need a CPA? I didn't. Did I know what a CPA really did? Not really. Not for me. I've worked for accounting firms before, but on the technology side and the cybersecurity side, I didn't work with those advisor folks. I didn't work with the financial people. I didn't know, right? It's not what we're taught. I'm, I'm working on a completely, like the backside of things. So for me, it's important to know why you need a CPA. So can you talk about how people who have businesses, why it is important for them, obviously, besides what you've already stated and helping them avoid having to pay over, over amounts and, and things like that, not being prepared. Why does someone need a CPA? Absolutely. So one, I want to say this disclaimer, every CPA is not built the same. So, you know, every CPA is not going to get you the same results that you would get working with me. Right. But what I can say is that when you are working with the right CPA, this CPA will help you increase your profits. When you increase your profits, profits being defined as revenue minus your expenses, what's left over. When you increase your profits, you as the business owner are able to take more money out in distributions to yourself so that you can live the life that you truly desire. Working with the CPA is also going to help you as far as get yourself on salary. So many people are running these so-called businesses but don't pay themselves a reasonable compensation. And working with the right CPA, they'll help you navigate that space so that you can get yourself on a system to where you're actually paying yourself a salary. So I teach my clients to, whether you want to sell your business or not, let's get this business to a point where it could be valued and sold if that should be the case, if that's your exit policy. Let's treat this business as if we're trying to sell it, whether we want to sell it or not. Because once you have that mindset, then you treat your company like a legit company and not like a hobby. And then also working with the right CPA will help you make the right data-driven decisions. So 
everybody wants to grow and scale their business, but sometimes when you are on the inside, it's hard to really analyze things and make the best decision. It takes a good partner looking from the outside in to really tell you, hey, you're not ready for this or et cetera, et cetera. For example, I had a a client today who I spoke to who was about to hire a mid-level manager, but I told her it doesn't make sense to do that. First, you need to hire the virtual assistant. So at the bottom, get your systems in place, get your SOPs together. Then when you hire that mid-level manager or that that mid-senior role, then at that point, that person is coming into a business that has systems and you're able to retain your employees longer and you're able to do what you do best. Because in business, we can actually customize our roles. We can customize our lives. If we don't want to start working until 11 o'clock during the day, then you have the ability to do that. But in order to do that, you have to make the right data-driven decisions. And those are the benefits of working with the right CPA. Okay, perfect. So yeah, being able to treat your business really just, and I've gotten this a few times, is the professionalism part and thinking differently. So when you're thinking from a different perspective and from a different plane, it allows you more opportunities, it seems. And it helps you take out those, you know, binoculars and be able to see ahead to say, okay, this is what's on the horizon. Even if those binoculars are being handed to you by a professional, right? So if I get onto this page and I'm like, all right, Jaden, I really want to do this and this in my business. I want to get it to this position and this place. And I want to, you know, get my revenue up. And so I can pay myself more because I see you vacationing and I'm not vacationing. I have zero time to vacation. um, And I really don't have the funds to do the types of vacationing I want. However, my business is doing fine. And I'm actually doing better than maybe I thought I was or, or I anticipated I would be doing. So that's really where you're also speaking to people as well as let's get this money up so that you can go and enjoy the fruits of your labor. So you're not just working and grinding, whether you think of it as a hobby or not treating yourself like a human, like a human that's worthy of going out and enjoying life. That's a big part of your mission too, right? Absolutely. Catching more flights and reaching new heights. That's what I want to do for uh, my clients. Yes. And you really set that example. And I think that's important for folks to see is you're not just out here talking about, you know, taking flights and traveling and doing the things you're really out here um, taking the vacations. So let's get well, into let's that. Let's be clear. They're not vacations. They're business trips. Okay. Tax so, deductible business trips. Okay. So <laughs> the, the tax deductible. Okay. And that's what you mean by vacations in your bio. Yeah. So you basically turn a vacation. There's a way that you could turn a a so-called vacation into a tax deductible business trip. You just have to make sure that you have the right paperwork. One, you have to make sure that you are doing record keeping as it pertains to your digital records. So let's say that you're going to Vegas, right? You want to make sure if you're meeting with clients, make sure it's on your calendar. If you're looking at real estate, make sure it's on your calendar. Get business cards of people that you met with. Take pictures of places that you went. Take pictures of pamphlets or anything like that as it pertains to business. Because in the event of an audit, you want to make sure that you're proving to the IRS that guess what? I actually conducted business while I was out here. So the IRS is looking at your weekdays, Monday through Friday, what were you doing? Was majority of the trip for business. Now, if you go on the weekend and turn up, 
that that's that has nothing to do with you know that has nothing to do with the trip because they're looking at your your weekdays now of course when you go out and do entertainment entertainment is no longer tax deductible so that part you don't want to run through your business account you want to run through your personal account but when you go out to vegas and you're meeting with prospects and you're going out to eat you go to stk and spend four hundred dollars make sure that you swipe that business card and when you get your receipt at the top of the receipt write who you met with what the business purpose was snap a photo and then put that in your uh, quickbooks online app so when you're audited if you're audited then you have the records to substantiate the expense gotcha okay so it's about, again, tracking, being strategic, and making sure you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. So when is too early or maybe even too late? Let's get into that to hire a CPA. Like at what point in your business do you recommend that folks get one? Is it at the very beginning or is it after they've made some money? What do you What do you say? You know, the first thing to do is to make sure that, you know what, honestly, before you hire a CPA, hire a business consultant or business. Well, I say business consultant. Okay. Before you do business coach, I would say business consultant. And there are free resources out there for people that need a business consultant. Then once you actually get the business launched, you want to make sure that, or you're in that launching process. You want to make sure that you're talking to a CPA, a lawyer, and a coach. Like those are going to be your, that's going to be like your army, right? But there are different ways to which CPAs assist businesses in their different phases of business. So there's the ideation phase. So we're going to make sure that you know that you need to open up your bank accounts, what programs you need to be aware of, things of that nature, and things to avoid so you don't make costly mistakes. So it might cost you $300 to $1,000 to have an initial consultation with somebody, but the mistakes you make could cost you more. Then you have the kind of like, I'm getting there, I'm walking phase. So at this point, you kind of making money, but you're not really bringing in a profit yet. At that point, somebody can help, a CPA should be able to guide you on just to make sure you're still in the right tax entity and to make sure that you have strategies to make your business more profitable. Now, when you start making good money, I say when you start making thousands of dollars a month, that's when you need to have, you, uh, uh, ideally, you could work with a CPA firm that provides you with a bookkeeper because bookkeeping is actually categorizing of the financial data, but the CPA, the certified public accountant, is a person that does the analysis on that data. The CPA is the one that gives you the action plan. What do you do with that data? So bookkeeper, they they do a lot of the heavy lifting in the in the beginning, and then the accountant or the CPA comes in and and really delivers the value. So ideally, you'll be able to work with the CPA firm that provides you with both. Gotcha. Okay, and that makes sense. All right, so. One thing I, I do want to ask you, because I know you see this, is people who don't hire appropriately, if at all, and then they get into situations that are kind of tricky and or crappy and also unfortunate. Why do you think people do this? Is it just merely lack of no know, knowing to do this or know-how or knowledge, or is it just they just decided it wasn't a good idea. Like, what are people's excuses or reasonings for why they don't get the support that they need when they probably should have? Oh, it's definitely a scarcity mindset. 
That is definitely what it is. So people don't want to hire because they feel like I could do it all by myself. I remember one time I created a website for myself on Squarespace. It took me weeks. I know if I had just hired somebody, they probably could have got it done in two days. Mm. Yeah. I mean, we've all tried to do that, right? Especially when we are in the beginning of our businesses and funding might be low. We try, we try. And I do think it's important for us to know what we're maybe able to figure out and what we're not. There are some people who are going to look at, you know, how to do a trademark on their own and they're going to research, they're going to figure it out. It's going to make sense and they're going to execute. And then there are other people who are like, "Mm, not really interested in figuring that out. I'd rather just go to someone who can help me do this and then I can just move on. Um, And so you think you have to know internally what you're willing to research and try to figure out on your own, right? Like certain tax things for your state or for your business or whatever ways to make sure you're doing things properly. But I do still think it's important to have certain folks in your like network and going all the way back to the beginning with Clubhouse, I think putting people in your social circle who have access to this kind of information is important. So even if you may not be ready for a CPA or a web designer or a virtual assistant or I don't know, a coach or whatever, right? Being able to have folks around you who are, so that way you can watch their content, you can absorb the information they're putting out there. It's important. Hey, can we take a pause real quick? I just want to let y'all know this is exclusive and time sensitive. If you're hearing this, there's a really good chance that either I have a spot open or I have a spot opening on my one-on-one program that I offer. So I only do four slots at a time because this is like the most intense, thorough, intimate way to work with me ever. This is my creme de la creme, like four bad bitches only. This is for solopreneurs who have a nine to five, who work in corporate, who have some sort of job that they are doing and that they're doing really well, but who also have a side hustle or a business that they are running on the side and they want to build and streamline their goals towards. A lot of us have strategy. A lot of us have plans here and there, but most of us don't have accountability. A lot of us don't have a support system that's solid. And the rest of us aren't organized and have strong boundaries, have routines, like all of that. So I'm going to help you get it all together. This is a three-month intensive one-on-one coaching program where you have full access to me via Voxer, We have seven, seven one-on-one calls with each other throughout the three months and you get routines, you get customized affirmations and audios and all kinds of things to help you succeed. So check out the link. It's in the show notes. It's also on my website, WhitneyDanielle.com. If you have questions, DM me, send me an audio note. Let me know. If you know someone who needs to get their shit together in this manner, send me their information. I will totally hook you up for the referral. That's it. That's all I wanted to say. Let's get back to the episode. A couple months back in April for Financial Literacy Month, I had Michael James on the show and she talked about her free content and how what she puts out there is just, you just try it, just try it. If you don't like it, don't do it. If you don't like it, it doesn't work for you the same way it worked for me. It's not your vibe, whatever. You don't have to do it. You can just try something else, but she's putting it out there for people to know as an option and then also to try. And then she lets you know what happened when she tried it. And I think that is a really great approach to getting people curious about managing their money better and dealing with their business more professionally so that they don't end up in crappy places. But you have to put yourself physically around people who are doing good things. So 
Can you speak to how you've put yourself in your business, especially in 2019 when you were starting, in positions to be around people who knew different things than you? Well, I'm just going to be 100% honest. I feel like the idea of having and running a business with no money really doesn't make sense. Like if you start a business with little to no money, then you have to have a sales strategy to quickly make sales. Like people who just buy inventory and just hope that people buy no strategy. Of course, that's you're going to fail because there's no strategy. So when I started my business, I invested in, in, a, in a program um, that helped me, gave me, it was a six week program. It gave me the foundation to have a firm and then launch it and, and then actually be successful with that firm. Like how to do direct outreach on LinkedIn, how to, you know, leverage networking groups, all of these things so that I can pretty much have a fail-proof CPA firm. So when I started, I was making thousands of dollars a month from the beginning, but when 2020 happened, that's when I started maybe about three months, three or four months in, because I started in the latter part of 2019. That's when I started. That's when I hired my first bookkeeper, because as a CEO, I needed to focus on business development and bringing in clients. And that's where I feel like a lot of people forget, like bring clients in. You know, we can sit and do all these webinars, do download all these ebooks. But if you're not implementing anything to get sales, then your business will fail. Sales is literally the foundation of any business. So that's where I think a lot of the focus has to go on sales. And if you if if you are focusing correctly and you're bringing in the sales then you can pay the appropriate parties that you need in order to continue and protect your business, because I see a lot of people trying to free themselves to death, like free this, free that, free this, free that. And free will only get you so far if we're just being 100% honest. And understand that there's there's levels. There's levels to every professional. There's levels to the legal professional. There's levels to the accounting professional. So maybe you don't need that top of the line lawyer that is on TV right now. Okay? Maybe you need the person that specializes in startups. And if they specialize in startups, then most likely their price will be lower than the person that you see on TV. So understand that there's levels and put a white, get a whiteboard and on your whiteboard, put things that you cannot afford yet and keep working hard. And when I say working hard, you know, that that phrase is I don't really mean working hard, <laughs> but keep working hard so that you can get the money to afford those things that you know that you need once you get to that level. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you got to make sales and it's, it's, it's important to be able to do that. And I think there's a lot of people online who make it seem like, cause you know, we have to keep in mind, I'm in the, the coaching arena. So it's a little bit different than, you know, e-commerce or brick and, brick and mortars and people selling physical things just a little bit. And the, and like the culture of it and the culture with the coaching, as you see a lot of people online talking about, Oh yeah, I made, you know, 20 grand in course sales by launching this course and blah, 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 blah. But they don't ever really talk about the behind the scenes and what they did invest in and what they did do to get that done. They want you to buy their course. And whether or not you succeed doing the course is neither here nor there. It's the course that they want you to get because they, <laughs> right. you know, it, it, and that's to me what always messes me up is, and that's why I got into the, the type of coaching that I got into because everyone wants to sell strategy, 
but there's not a lot of accountability to helping you make sure that you, a different individual than me, can get to a finish line that matches because we're not the same. We're not trying to cross the same finish line, even if we're in the same industry per se, right? The way that you're making your money as a CPA um, and as a president of this company is not necessarily the way that maybe your neighbor may want to do the something similar. So that's why, you know, I think it's important to your point. There are levels, but making sure one, you know who your people are that you need to hire. I have mm-hmm. a list um, and I can't remember what I called it, but it's an Excel spreadsheet because I'm ridiculous of like a hundred different people. I don't know if it's a hundred, it could be 50, but like this long list of people that I want to have on my team, like my, my go-to team. And I'm talking everything from like lawyer, bookkeeper, CPA to like, you know, personal trainer, chef, you know, dog walker, facialist, massage therapist, hair person, stylist. Like I have photographer, the entire list, planner, all of that. And I thought it was an important exercise for me to do because when you look at people on, on working and operating at this really high level, they have these massive teams. They have people that they, they are, all of these folks are different experts in their fields and they work together. So tell us a little bit about who's on your team and how you've built the team that you've got. Yeah, I've got coach, I've got a therapist, I've got a chef, a house cleaning service, of course my staff, and a masseuse, (laughs) Uh, a chiropractor, let me think who else. That's all I could think of that would be a part of like my success team. I love it. I, yeah. Yeah, definitely a masseuse for sure. Massage therapist, chiropractor. I used to have an acupuncturist, but I haven't gotten a new one yet. It's good to have these things, right? And then OBGYN, you know, all these all these different doctors, you've doctors, you've got, you know, your medical team, you've got your you know, your, your dress up team. Cause you, you look pretty fly in almost every one of these suits. I'm looking at your page again. You. And it's like you, so are, do you have a stylist? Cause I feel like you must. Myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's the hats for me. I think it's the hats. It's the hats. It's the full ensemble. It's, and I'm not like a fashion girl. And I had one of my last guests, Marsha, she, uh, she's from New York. She's hilarious. She's a writer, works for Hello Beautiful and like interviews really cool people. Well, she's really into fashion and we were talking about it and it really is part of this. You know, I think it helps with your branding, your imaging, right? The self-image that you put out there, but it also reflects your professionalism and your confidence in yourself. I don't doubt at any moment that you don't believe that you can do what you say that you can do. And that's important because when we're going to do business with someone, if we're going to hire someone, we want to make sure especially when you're at the beginning. And even if you do have money, you definitely don't have money to waste. And so if Mm -hmm. I'm going to invest in something or someone, I want to make sure that they know what the hell they're doing and they can produce. And I Mm -hmm. think your, your, your branding and I talking, I'm talking like your personal branding also really plays a part in that. So when it comes to being professional, how much do you really think that that plays into people buying and purchasing from other folks, whether it's online or in person? It really depends on who your avatar is. And for me, my avatar wants genuine. They want somebody that they can connect to. And they want somebody that, yes, is going to do the work. So there's a level of, I call it thought leadership. So not necessarily professionalism. For my ideal audience, I need thought leadership. And they need to feel connected to me. And I live the lifestyle that, I truly live the lifestyle that I, that I try to get my clients to live as well. So all of those ingredients together, 
it's the it's the perfect masterpiece to to having an influx of clients all the way always coming in. Yes, yes, and that makes complete sense. At least it does to me. And for those who are like, what is an avatar? An avatar is just your your customer, your client, the person that you're looking to to have hire you or to have purchase from you. So just because I know someone's going to message me about that. Okay, so before I, wanna... I move on, can I really dig deep on, on that for a yes, second? Of course, because I really, if we're being a hundred percent honest, I honestly feel like a lot of the stereotypical ideology of professionalism comes from Eurocentric type of ideology, right? And the more white you appear, the more professional you appear. And I disagree with that wholeheartedly. I think if you speak with colloquialism, then speak with colloquialism. As long as you can get your point across, you can get your point across. If Gary V can get on here and cuss every single day on every single video and have all these followers and make all this money because he's being authentic to himself, it's a part of the message that he has. I'm just saying being authentic and and promoting and educating people, when, when you put those two things together, then you don't have to be cookie cutter like we are taught to learn in corporate America. I agree. I agree. And guess what? I mean, Gary Vee doesn't look like he he doesn't wash himself, but he definitely doesn't look like he's going into, you know, a Fortune 500, you know what I mean, building or something like working on Wall Street. He he doesn't even like aesthetically his his style. He's really into sneakers, I think, and he's just not that kind of guy. And so I agree with you. I think there's a lot of what we are kind of taught and what society has deemed appropriate. And even, you know, if you look at a lot of women on, on social with all the filters and stuff, it makes it tough because we feel like we've been made to feel like that we need to look flawless with no skin imperfections with, you know, no, makeup free days. Like you got to be on your Beyonce all the time and it's exhausting, but that's the narrative that people are pushing because the beauty industry makes so much money. Um, if you're not a certain weight, I think people will not take you as seriously or think that you're as professional. It's wild. You could be the most professional person. And, you know, because of the way that you look and we see that with, you know, these beauty, not beauty influence, but the fashion influencers talk a lot about this on their pages. And, you know, some of these women are drop dead gorgeous, like professional models and they get all this heat and it's it's really sad it's really sad to see but i do agree that we have to find our own way of being professional and you know if we're speaking the way that we speak and it lands for our person our avatar then that's what matters versus all the other bullshit in my opinion right right now if eurocentric was the people that i was looking going after then yes i would have to adhere to their right. rules you know right. but that's not my avatar, usually most of my clients are black women. So whenever I put out content, I'm thinking, well, my avatar, her name is Betty, Betty the boss. So I'm thinking, will Betty like this whenever I post anything? Mm. Yeah. It's all about who you're speaking to. It's all about who you're speaking to. And in business, you know, I've been talking to, I've talked to a couple of folks on the podcast this year and just in general who work on ads and ads. I mean, that's a big part of, of what I'm doing right now in my business. And you got to know your person. You have to know this avatar, this person that you're looking to attract. And I'm sure when you're working with folks, that's a big part of it too, is knowing your demographic and what that looks like. I've got 
pulled up here your event. You have an event. Speaking of Betty and all of the people that you're you're trying to speak to and that you continue to speak to online and also in person, let's talk about this upcoming event that you have. It's in Atlanta, right? Yes, it is. And it's called Climb to Cash, but CLIMB yes. is an acronym. So tell it us, is. I see if you go to the bottom of the page, you can actually, and y'all, this is in Jaden's bio. So if you go to the great Jaden, like the actual Instagram, you click on the link tree link. It's literally the first row right there. So you click on that and you see there's like a video, Climb to Cash is live for a two-day experience for black female law firm owners who are ready to master their message, build their brand and increase their income. So tell us about how you came up with CLIMB. Yeah, so honestly, I don't remember how I came up with it. I think it was just, it was just, I feel like I just get inspiration, you know. A lot of things, believe it or not, actually come to me in my dreams. So it was probably one of those things that that I that I dreamt. But I realized that my clients needed so much more than just accounting and taxes and that they really needed a way to grow and scale and that I needed to formalize my method of doing that. And I needed to put it into a framework. So that's when I created the CLIMB framework. CLIMB standing for cash flow, leadership, IT and systems, marketing and branding, and business organization. So companies that are not as profitable as they want to be, I can I can assess them on these different levels to see where exactly they need to make changes in their business so that we can have the profits that we want. Actually, it's funny because a lot of people don't believe me when I say this, but out of all of the income in the United States that go to law firms, only 1% of that goes to law firms that are owned by Black women. And so me personally, I feel like that's a problem. It's 2022. Let's change that. So that is why I created Climb to Cash. And during this two-day workshop, it's going to be boot camp style. So we're going to talk about the who, what, when, where, and why. Who is your ideal client? What do they really want? When is the best time to reach out to them? Where can you find them? And what is your why? And then when you have all of that together, we could talk about the how. And then on day two, we are going to go through the actual climb framework. So, and how that applies to, how that applies to everyone. So there's going to be a bunch of activities, a bunch of networking, and I'll also be doing a lot of business makeovers. So ideally, the goal is that after this, everyone have the resources that they need to make at least 40K a month, every month, without having to work 40 hours a week. Because I take a business trip every month, so I don't work 40 hours every single week. And I want others to do the same thing. I want to go ahead and make sure that we change the narrative and change the statistics. And I want Black women who own law firms to feel more comfortable showing up as their genuine self. But they don't currently feel comfortable doing that because they don't know what to pose, when to pose. They don't even know what, what niche market they're going to focus on. And so over those two days, we are going to uh, cover all of that. And especially when it comes to cash flow, like it, it's not that people have a money problem. It's that they have a money management problem. So we'll really be dissecting that and talking money mindset. What? Why do you even treat money the way that you do? Why do you think about money the way that you do? Let's really unpack how you grew up to think about money and how it's really still affecting you today in business. 
So it's going to be a, a life changing event for a lot of people. So I'm really excited to be hosting it. I would be too. That's amazing. So this is a two day event. It's happening. Which days? It's June 30 and July 1. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then okay. if they get the VIP ticket, then they'll get access to our VIP luncheon and workshop that we're having on the 29th. Mm. Okay. So y'all listening, if you are not a black woman law firm owner, but you know someone who is, even if they're not in the state of Georgia, please forward this event to them just so that they know about it. They can send it to some folks that they know. Obviously, you know, this isn't the largest group of law firm owners and that's fine, but Typically, right, the circles can be quite tight and people word gets around fast when we are spreading it. So let's definitely go to Jaden's profile or go to his um, link in bio and copy the link to the event and just forward it over. I know a couple people myself that I'll be like tapping in with just to see. And it just honestly, it's about who you know and what you know that's going on. And these are the type of events where you can really, you know, if you are someone who's in this demographic, like go and meet some really dope people and be encouraged because everything that Jaden says makes sense. And everything that he said really is an issue with a lot of different types of businesses because I see it in coaching, right? Mm -hmm. I see it in coaching too, where we have a lot of Caucasian coaches who are killing it. And I, and one of the things that keeps me, and this is me just like getting on a soapbox about this for one second. One of the things that keeps me motivated in my coaching company is that there is a, a white girl in like BFE somewhere, I don't know, who is killing it in her business for literally no other reason than the fact that she just has the right strategies down and she's mm -hmm. executing. She is not more special than me. She's not smarter. She definitely isn't more cultured. She's, she's just not, right? There is nothing about this person and I can see her in my in my head. Like I can see her. She's not better than me. She's not better than you, and vice versa. So when we are looking to be encouraged, it helps to to bring that down to a level that makes sense and to stay encouraged. So these are the type of events that can change the game so much in someone's business and in their life. Um, and I love that you talked about taking business trips every month. And I do want to get on the work life balance tip just for a minute. But I just want to ask you. Outside of this, because this this event that you're having, this this climb to cash event that's happening at the end of this month, that's going to mark the end of Q2 and the start of and, and obviously the start of Q3. So what do mm -hmm. you have going on for the rest of this year that people need to be aware of? Yeah, so I actually have a retreat that I'm doing in Saloon in December. And I haven't announced it yet. So for people that are interested, the best way to do that is to go on my website and join my email list because my email list will be the first. Actually, if we're being 100% honest, my clients will be the first people to find out. And if it's not sold out then, which I think it will, I think it will, I don't think I have to create a landing page or anything, but if it's not sold out at that point, then my email list will become aware of the event and they'll be able to uh, purchase tickets. But I'm having a business reset retreat in Tulum at the end of the year. And then we're planning for a big event in March of next year. Yes, Tulum. I have heard only good things about Tulum. That sounds incredible. I can see it right now. We love a good we love a good Mexico retreat and just yeah, yeah, I'm here for it. Cool. Okay, so join the email list and that can be found on your website. Mm-hmm. Yep, right? accounting atlanta.com. Perfect. So y'all have that. It will also be in the show notes. You know how this goes. Everything that we mentioned, including tickets to Climb to Cash will be in the show notes. Okay. So let's get into this balance piece because you have this 
this retreat coming up towards the end of the year. You've got this event that you're planning or that you've planned that's literally about to happen. You have your clients, you have different events that you're a part of, right? Whether mm-hmm. speaking engagements, um, going and, and like speaking in different places, you've got social media, you've got your personal life, you've got to eat. Um, how are you managing or how, how do you manage yourself on a day to day? Well, really having a good team, you know, like a lot of people, when they talk about delegation, they talk about it in a way to which, yeah, I just tell people what to do and they do it. But for me, I feel like it's a little bit more of mentoring, right? So for every, you got to think if I have a team of nine, then I can get nine times as much things done every hour of the day because I have a team of nine. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And, and and not only am I not only are they are they working to get a lot of the heavy lifting done, but I'm help guiding them through the process. So I don't just say this is you messed this up. Get out of my face. I say, okay, let's 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 go through the checklist on this one, you know? And most of the time, most things that come to me don't need edits. That's the good thing about having the right systems and checklists and SOPs and, and things of that nature. But, you know, every everything's a case-by-case basis. And when we're talking about accounting, it can get very tricky. But definitely having a team and, man, like, meeting with different team members, that can, that can get a lot – that can help tr- dramatically. So being a good leader is key to having a good team, in my opinion. Oh, I should put that on a T-shirt or something. Please let me know when you do. I will put the link to the t-shirt in the show notes because it, that's a good one. It's important. It's absolutely important. And the leadership, we could do a whole episode on leadership. I could have a whole series on leadership and what that looks like and what that means to different people and really how to step up and be a good leader in 2022 and in 2023. It's so important. And I think it's something that's really not talked about enough. I, I do agree. I think people often talk about delegating, you know, here, you got to hire so-and-so you got to be able, cause so many women that I, I hear and that I talk to are like, ah, I just, you know, I really just really don't know if I can let go and let somebody else do things because I just, I know I can do it myself and it's so much faster and this is and this and that, that, and that, right. This is the same people who claim they don't have time to go and do anything, right. You want to talk about business trips every month. Like they don't go anywhere ever. I'm talking to brunch, most of the time because they don't have systems in place and they don't delegate. So you've been able to learn to delegate things as well as to lead people so that mm-hmm. you're able to do, you, it makes it so much easier to do with the team. That makes total sense. Yeah. Even if I, even if like a lot of the stuff that I do, I want, I want to create a business to which can operate without me being there. So I don't have to be there every single day. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like there's two extremes. There's the, I'm going to, I could do bad all by myself. And that's what a lot of women have been taught to do. Like, don't, don't complain about your struggles. Don't have community and just struggle in silence and do it all yourself. Then there's the other extreme where it's like, I delegate everything. I don't even do anything. That's, and, and, you know, then, then your clients don't feel connected to you. They feel like they just went through a machine and they could have, you know, they could have just went with like legal zoom for all of that. So that happy medium is being able to get it to the assembly, you know, get, get the deliverables through the assembly line 
and the owner of the business just manage, you know, manage the operations. And ideally, ultimately, you have an operations manager. So me, I don't even have to manage the team. If we're being 100% honest, I have an ops manager that manages the team. I just manage the deliverables. When it says pending Jaden's review, that's when I look at it. I'm not looking at it until it says pending Jaden review in our CR, in our project management system. Mm. So I'm there in the beginning and then I'm there at the end. There you go. And that takes time, right? To get to that place. You didn't just oh, start absolutely. your business in the end of 2019. And at, you know, when the ball dropped on 2020 and January hit, you didn't have this full-fledged team. Like you worked towards it, but it's possible, right? Right. Well, I actually had a team of 13 in the latter part of 2020. So I had okay. tremendous growth in one year. Yeah. But I grew too fast. And at that point, I was not a good leader. So I had to cut back. Hmm. But you were making money in your business when you kind of first started, though. So you were building, you were bringing in sales mm -hmm. very quickly on. And because of that, right, as you were making more and more sales and doing things you're able to afford to bring people on to. And you made that decision to do that as opposed to just doing other things or maybe investing it or whatever. You made the conscious decision to say, OK, I need to hire folks to do X, Y and Z. And then you went and you did it. Correct. Yes. No, that makes sense. Okay. So tell me and tell the audience here, what are some things that you absolutely love about your business that it has really given you that either you knew what happened back in 2019 or you had no idea what happened? So I love the fact that my team, I feel like my team is a great community. So I love being able to have that. A lot of people hate the people that they work with. They don't like the workplace and I don't have that problem. I also enjoy the finer things in life that my business has afforded me, like being able to travel the world, meet clients, meet prospects, go to some of these conventions and conferences. I love that my business, I'm leveraging my business. I'm able to do that. I really feel like life is customizable, especially when you leverage entrepreneurship the right way. So uh, I don't have to wake up early because I don't start my work day until 10 o'clock. That's a rule for me. And I don't have to work every single day of the week and I don't have to work every week of the month. I have balance in my life and I'm able to deliver great value to my clients because I decide what the deliverables are that my clients get. And so those are my favorite things about my business. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, the opportunities that you've been able to create and that your business has been able to help you get is, is fantastic. And I think it's really inspiring. And even just like you saying that you have 13 people or you were able to create a team of 13 people within a year or so of starting your business is pretty amazing too. So like I said, very inspiring. I hope people listening can say, okay, if Jaden can do it, then you know, let's, let's turn up the heat. Let's get it together. Um, can I ask what motivates you to, to keep going in your business or on days when you're like, ugh, this is just, you know, and it doesn't have to be for any reason. What motivates you to kind of keep going? That's a good question. You know, every time somebody asks me that question, I'm like, I don't know how to answer that. You know, it's not like I have my kids, you know, or anything like I don't, I don't have, I don't have those things. I guess I would say just knowing the type of lifestyle that I live now versus before I was 
in business. So in corporate, very low mental health, right? Versus in business, I know as long as I'm doing what I need to do, I'm able to create impact, but also have great mental health on my own and live live a good life. So I think that that's really what motivates me is the thought of the thought of peace. That's what motivates me. Peace. I can dig that. Yeah. And you're right. Corporate can be very, it can be a lot for a lot of people and having, having that freedom, having that ownership is just, it's a different vibe. It's a different vibe. It's like being in a relationship that's a, a little bit toxic, a little bit not that great, that doesn't have you feeling all the good feelings. And then you've got to move into a relationship where it's just, you know, a lot easier and it's a lot less difficult in certain areas. So, okay. And so people can find you on Instagram. I told them the handle, the great Jaden on IG, but where else do you tend to linger these days on social I would say Instagram's the best place, honestly. I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook, but Instagram is honestly the best place. Okay, cool. So we will have that linked in the show notes for you all. As you all know, I can be found on Instagram over at Whitney Danielle Co. underscore. Again, do not forget to check out the event that Jaden has at the end of this month. Um, if you're listening to this in the future, definitely make sure you're on Jaden's email list so that you can just be a part of whatever he's got going on, right? If you're local to Atlanta, obviously it's a really good idea to tap in with him and see what he's doing in the world, local right there. Um, But he is a traveling guy. So definitely make sure you tap in with him online. As far as the show, make sure you leave a review, right? You go to Apple Podcasts or you can go over to Spotify and leave five stars. I would very much appreciate that. It makes the show you know, that much better to have these reviews. And that's pretty much it for this week, you guys. I really appreciate you tuning in, checking out Jaden and what he's got to do, what he's got to offer, what he's up to, and what he's got planned for the rest of 2022. So with that being said, Jaden, thank you for being here. I appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. Until the next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.